gentlemen, boys and girls, we'd like to welcome you to Rec Radio, the official podcast of Interrail Rec at Pacific Union College. We have the usual cast of characters. The Dean's here, Doug's here, Avery's here, and we have a very special guest this week. It is my honor and privilege to introduce to you Morgan Wooten. Coach Wooten is a basketball Hall of Fame coach. He's one of, I think, three coaches to make the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame. His winning percentage as a high school coach is is real close to 90%. I think if you want to be real specific, it's probably about 87%. And he has sent several players, at least I know of two, Danny Ferry and Adrian Dantley, to the, to the NBA. Uh, quite a few guys, and I'm sure the coach can tell us how many guys have ended up playing NCAA Division I ball or other college ball. I know there was a period of time that every graduating senior from DeMatha High School ended up getting a college scholarship. I'm not sure what the run on that was, but he has had some incredible uh, players, uh, an incredible amount of success. And, and if I was to say one thing, having known Coach Wooten for quite a bit of time, he is a builder of character, both on and off the floor and uses the game of basketball to build character and help young men to achieve their best. And so Coach Wooten, it is my honor and privilege to welcome you to Rec Radio. Uh, nice to be with you, Bob, as always. Let, let me start this with the first question. In, in, you've coached some great teams. I'm not sure how many of them were ranked in the top 10 in the, in the nation. I know there's a string of, of uh, number ones in the D.C. area, and I think at five national championship teams. Now, we got a lot of guys that play recreational sports for us, and, and they, they submit their own teams. And uh, what would be your assessment as to what makes for a great team? Well, great team is, is determined by the people that make it up. Uh, it's each and every player from first to last. It's the managers. It's the coaches. It's anybody associated with the team. It's the total package. And uh, if you got good people, good things happen. And uh, what really makes a team is if when every player walks in that door, they put their ego aside uh, and they want to be better than just themselves. They want to be part of something greater than themselves, and they devote themselves to the team, and the team comes first. That's what makes a great team. Awesome. Coach, this is uh, Doug Wilson here. I, I have a question for you. I mean, clearly you've had a lot of success on the court. I, I'm curious, how do you define success for yourself? Well, success, that, that's a, an easy one because I – have borrowed, as I'm sure many, many people have, the definition of success that Coach John Wood always used. Uh, he tells the story how back when he was in the fifth grade, the teacher talked about success, and he told each student that they ought to work out their own personal thought on what success should be. And I just agree so much with Coach Wooden's definition of success, and it exists. Success is a peace of mind and knowing that you did the best to be the best you're capable of becoming. And if you have that peace of mind that you gave it your best shot and you became the best you were capable of with the tools you were given, then that certainly gets as close to success as you'll ever know it. Coach, if I remember correctly, well, let me ask you this question. How many times have you taken one of those great teams into the locker room 
and, and ask them to win a game? Uh, Bob, I'll be honest, I've never spoken in terms of winning a game. Uh, I've, I've always speak in terms of we want to go out and we want to do our best. We want to give it our best shot. Uh, when the game is over, we want to feel in our hearts that we did everything we could to be the best we were capable of becoming that day or, or that game. So I never talked in terms of winning in terms of a score, but I talked in terms of a winning effort just doing the very best you can, and at least when it's all over, not feeling bad about, gee, I, I kind of loafed or I took some possessions off or I was a little selfish or I didn't hit the open man, whatever it might be. But just that personal satisfaction, I, I gave it my best shot. And and then the, the score generally takes care of itself. Avery Lay here. I know you brought up um, John Wooden earlier and his definition of success, and I know that he's spoken very highly of you as well. Uh, were you guys close at all? I know that he was. He was also a tremendous coach, and I've I've looked up to him a lot myself. Uh, I was very honored to to uh, know Coach for just many, many, many years, and we became very close. Uh, we became great friends, and. Uh, he was just a pleasure to be around. And I'll tell you one thing. If, if you if you were with Coach for a little while, when you left, you felt like you'd been to the mountain and you'd gotten the message. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he was just that, that powerful, the impact he made. Uh, a, re a real good, a good little short story example would be this. My uh, youngest son, we called him Joey. And Joey's a very successful high school coach today, but Joey was with me at the McDonald's All-American game in Philadelphia one, one year. I think he was about 9 or 10 years old. And Coach Wooden turned to me, and we were meeting a lot of people, and, he, and I had taken Joey to the game with me. And I told him he took the, one of, each one of my children took turns each year. And uh, Coach turned to me and he said, Morgan, I noticed that Joey is now introducing himself as Joe. That's all he said. From that moment on, he became Joe. And that was the power of John Wood. He, uh, he, he never took long to make a teaching point. But from that moment on, he became Joe, because that's what he wanted to be. And all he needed was the master to tell the whole world. He has introduced himself as Joe. Thank you. Oh, man. Uh, hey, Coach, this is Johnny Halverson. Um, you were just speaking about your son, Joe, uh, and your family. It, with all the busyness of, of coaching and, and the basketball over the years and stuff, what do you do to balance your family and personal life with, uh, with the coaching? Well, John, I, th I think everything is really wrapped around the, what I try to give the team, uh, the motto. I say really successful people have their priorities in the proper place. And for our team and for myself personally and for our life, it was always this. God was first, family second. For now, I wanted for my players, school and studies to be third, and basketball fourth, no higher than fourth. I told them, if you're, if you're not doing well in life, take a step back, and you'll probably see that your priorities are not in the proper order. All of a sudden, maybe God slipped down to number three or maybe family slipped to number five. Uh, but if you look at really successful people that are doing well, their priorities in the proper order. And so to answer your question, I just think the importance 
of really determining what your priorities should be. And, of course, as you get older, they may change a little bit. But uh, that's always been solid for me, those four, God first, family second, and then school and studies third, then basketball fourth for the players. Coach, that's great. Thank you. You 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 have always lived everything that uh, you've preached. You walk the walk, and I think it would be interesting for these guys to hear the story that I've heard before re- related to uh, the father da- father daughter ba- um, dance and a tournament that you were in. I think it was in Philly. Can you tell that story? Well, uh, what no, what it was, we'd been invited to a tournament. You're, you're right there, Bob. We'd been invited to a tournament, but it was in Maine, and. Um, they wanted us to come up, but the thing, the problem, it was going to be over a long weekend. It might have been the Martin Luther King weekend, something like that, uh, where uh, we would play on Friday, uh, be off Saturday, and then maybe play Sunday and Monday. It was going to be that type of thing. And um, my daughter was a freshman at Immaculata, and it was the father, uh, father-daughter dance was going to be that Saturday. So I told the people running the tournament, I said, we can come to the tournament if you'll fly me back after the game we play Friday, you got to fly me back Saturday morning because I have to be at that dance Saturday night. And they certainly agreed, no problem at all. And uh, so we were able to go up and play in the tournament Friday, and I flew back early Saturday morning. I was at the dance that night. We had a wonderful time. And uh, then back up to the tournament. Uh, hopefully that would be a good example, Bob, of priorities in the proper order. And uh, I know to this day... Uh, my daughter will mention that as one of the things she remembers maybe most from her entire high school, her four years in high school, was the fact that, hey, my father was there when, when I wanted him to be. So uh, family family comes ahead of basketball. And, and if I'm not wrong, I think you have quite a big a bit of family now. You have three daughters, two sons, and was it 16 grandkids now? Right on the money. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. Another salute there to you. <laughs> you got enough for a team and some subs there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we, uh, we we got the full compliment. Yeah. Uh, the Lord's <laughs> been very, very good. Hey, Coach, um, Doug here again. Wanted to know, um, you know, we have a lot of students that play intramural sports. Uh, of course, we have our own varsity programs as well. Um, but being a coach myself, um, I I'd just like to know, how do you think sports uh, teach students about life and about character? Well, I think, I think the big thing is, is, and I've always told our teams this, that we're like, whatever will make basketball work will make life work. And you look at everything that you do in basketball to be the best basketball player you can be. Take all those things, you know, hard work, dedication. When you get knocked down, you get back up. Uh, being a good teammate, not being selfish, uh, putting the team ahead of yourself, being trying to be part of something bigger than yourself, uh, work hard on your weaknesses, and you keep going on and on and on. Everything you do to be the best basketball player you can be, and intramurals are just as important as varsity. Uh, at any level, if you play the game, it's important. But if you do all those things, and then you apply those same efforts to life, it makes life work. Uh, so uh, that's the big thing we really stress, that uh, what will make you a winner in basketball or at least make you the best you can be in basketball, it will help you become the best you can become in life. Excellent. Great. 
I know this is Avery Lagan. I know you've coached a lot of really important players. Is there? Any, I don't want to say that there's there's one more important than the other, but is, are there any that really stand out in your mind or that you've really felt blessed and honored to have coached and been a part of their career? Uh, to be very honest with you, I, I always I have a, a kind of a rule within myself that I never compare teams and I never compare players because I don't think that would be fair. Mm-hmm. But I can honestly say. I've loved every player I've ever coached. Uh, I've loved every team I've had the honor of coaching. Um, Sometimes they will do things I don't like. I'll tell them that. <laughs> but but I do I do love them, and I would never compare. Obviously, you know some players are greater. We had we were fortunate. We had 18 players going to play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, had over 100 Division One players uh, at the collegiate level. So obviously they're better. They probably were better basketball players than maybe those that played Division Two, Division Three, uh, or maybe some that did not go on and play uh, at a higher level. But uh, the, the big thing is uh, they all were equally important to me, and it was just an honor to be associated with each and every one of them uh, individually. Coach, I know there's there's one guy that's kind of special to you, and it's kind of special to me as well. I remember when I was a uh, camper at uh, – at Metro, and by the way, there's three faculty members on the campus here at Pacific Union College that were also campers at at Metro. One of them is Dr. Leo Ranslin, and another one is Dr. Bruce Bainham. Uh, but I remember one particular time I was standing out in the in the lobby, and we were playing slaps, hot hands, and and there was this guy that had some really fast hands that was beating the tar out of mine for a while. And that guy's name was Adrian Dantley, and I know you've you've have some incredible stories about a- Adrian's. Uh, growth and development, and and his ability maybe to go to his 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 weak side. Can you tell us what you told him about how he needed to what he needed to do to become a complete player? Well, Adrian certainly was one of the great players that I had the honor of uh, of coaching, and uh, in fact, one of the great great honors of, of my uh, coaching career was when Adrian asked me to introduce him when he was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. And which was just within the last two or three years that Adrian was inducted. But I, I had remember back when I first met Adrian when he was a freshman at the Matha. Uh, he was really kind of a chunky kid, overweight, and uh, yet he really wanted to be the best he could become. And uh, I told him, if you, you know, number one, he needed to lose weight. He had the idea of getting on the weights. He helped us introduce our weight program into basketball because that was not the thing to do back in the early 70s uh, or late 60s. Uh, it was considered you didn't lift weights when you were a basketball player back in those days. But he said he convinced me that, no, we needed to get weights going. This was, he was just a chunky ninth grader. But the biggest thing we said, you need to work on your weaknesses. You want to become a really great player? Work on your weaknesses until they become your strength. Work on your weaknesses until they become your strength. Think about that if you apply that to your life, what's going on in your life right now. Take your weaknesses in your life and work on them until they become your strengths. And we had a little saying that went like this, good, better, best. Never let it rest till the good is better, better than the best. And when the good becomes better than the best, wow, are you on the way? Adrian ended up, and of course, going left to his left side, and it became his strength. And he was a he was an all pro 
as a right-handed player. And if the left hand became his strength, think how good he became. And that's why at six foot four and a half, he played 15 years in the NBA and is what? Well, I think one of the five, uh, fourth all-time leading scorers in the history of the NBA. And that's simply because he took his weaknesses and made them his strengths. And boy, what a way to live your life. He's an amazing guy. I, I, I feel privileged to have had an opportunity to get to know him a little bit when he was in, in high school. And uh, just a good guy all around, too, as well. Oh, just, just a wonderful, wonderful person, no question. Um, hey, Coach, we have a couple just kind of a little more lighthearted uh, questions to ask. <laughs> get, get a better feel of uh, just outside of the basketball realm. Uh, so Doug and I are going to ask you a few rapid-fire questions here. You can just kind of, you know, answer them how you want. Uh, what's your favorite food? Do I have to do I have to answer rapidly? <laughs> you can just say Lido's and I sum like, it up. I like talking slow about food, but <laughs> uh, I, I, I generally I really I'd be honest with you, I don't think I have any one single favorite food. I, I like I like them all. The only thing I don't like is liver. Oh. But I I'm, I'm basically an American food type of guy. I don't go to Mexican restaurants and so on. Nothing personal there, but but I went there to one of those. They gave me all that hot stuff, and the, my mouth still burns. <laughs> so uh, basically, I like the good old solid American diet. I'm a steak and eggs guy, I guess. I love I love every vegetable. Oh, excellent! Does yeah. that include Brussels sprouts? Oh, hey, we had them last night. Oh, <laughs> coach, you're hurting me. Last night, we got them two out of the last three nights. Oh. Do you, now, do you have a favorite restaurant that, that, you know, with all the travel that you've, you know, you've been around the country, is there a favorite restaurant that, that you enjoy visiting? Well, we go to Lido's a lot, and that's because we went there after every game when we played a home game and more or less had our coaches' meetings in uh, one of the rooms there at Lido's restaurant, and they, they probably had the best pizza in the world, and uh, a little Italian food sneaking in there on us, but it was good. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, but but we, we probably enjoyed going to Lido's because of the atmosphere more than anything and the friendly people there. Awesome. All right. Now, uh, do you have a favorite song um, or maybe even a favorite artist that you listen to? Um, well, you know, got to remember now what my age is, so I'm an old timer. That's right? all right. <laughs> Lay it on us. If, uh, if you're talking about, like, in terms of singing, I, I, you know, Frank Sinatra was great. Oh, yeah. Crosby was great, so I'm going really going back <laughs> on you. <laughs> That's okay. uh, a great entertainer. I'm the greatest Bob Hope fan that ever lived. Oh, awesome. Awesome. All right, uh, here's, here's an issue one. What is your favorite sport, and you can't say basketball? What would be your next favorite sport? Well, then it would have to be football, because I was head football coach for over uh, 20 years. Boom. Wow. <laughs> okay. What about, uh, what about your favorite hobby? What, what, what do you love doing right now? Well, I, I, I really love to read, and you know, I love history, and I've always been a big reader, and then I love to play golf. Ah, you okay. have a handicap? Yeah, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coach, thank you so much. We're, we're, we're getting to the end of the amount of time we said we'd, we'd keep you busy, but we may call you again because the words of wisdom that you share with these guys is, is really, 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 really important. And I can tell you, and I would tell everybody, that you know, there's certain people in your life that are high-impact people that, that impact who you are on and off the court, and I know in my life, you are one of those guys. And I, I publicly want to say thank you so much for all you do for me, 
all you've done for your players, coaches, everybody that has come in contact with you. And you talked about how uh, John Wooden would say that, that you, you, being with John was like you'd been on the mount. And I've always told people that being around Coach Morgan Wooten, you feel better about yourself. You feel better about life. <laughs> you have a much more positive outlook on everything that you do. So, Coach, thank you so much. Bob, my honor. Always great to talk to you and uh, keep up the great work you're doing out there. It seems to me that you have a real winning team assembled around you. So, good luck to all of you, and I hope I have a chance to talk to you again. Will Thanks. do. God Th bless. God thank bless. you, Coach. And thank God you bless. all for tuning in to Rec Radio, the official podcast of Intramural Rec at Pacific Union College. Thank you.